0: This morning we are detouring from our Romans series. We've come to a, a major break, a major transition point in the letter to the Romans. And uh, Pastor Jonathan and I thought it good and right. We we trust it will be pleasing to the Lord for us to <clears throat> shift gears seasonally. And we're gonna focus this morning and Next Sunday, the Lord willing, on this stewardship, thanks, thanksgiving stewardship season, and then we transition into the season of Advent, and then Christmas, tide, and Epiphany. So we're taking a little break from Romans, um, and looking at other passages of Scripture this morning from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, beginning the reading at verse 12. Let us ask the Lord's blessing. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your word, breathed out by your Holy Spirit, preserved for us in Holy Scripture, so that we, O Lord, might, by the grace of your Spirit, hear your voice speaking your very words to us in the words of Scripture. So we pray that you would open our minds and open our hearts, give us spiritual wisdom and insight. Make us eager to receive what you say, to believe it, and to live according to it. By the help of your spirit, to the glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us hear the word of God. It is written. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts through him. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. And to his name be all praise, honor, and glory. Amen. Well, last Sunday, Pastor Jonathan's sermon brought us to the conclusion of Romans 11, and therefore to that major transition point in Romans. This morning, as I've already said, we're shifting gears to get us in sync with the Thanksgiving season. This passage from Colossians 3 caught my attention because, if you noted, in the final three verses of this passage, verses 15, 16, 17, we are exhorted three times to have an attitude, a disposition, Of thankfulness. At the very end of verse 15 is the simple, straightforward exhortation. Be thankful. Verse 16 instructs us, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And then verse 17 concludes this passage with a general exhortation which covers our entire lives, saying, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So as we, as Christians, prepare to celebrate our national Thanksgiving Day, And as we focus on our annual Thanksgiving stewardship season in the life of the church this week and next, this passage speaks to us very specifically about Christ-centered thanksgiving. A spirit of thankfulness or an attitude of gratitude deeply rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not a generic thankfulness. It is a gratitude rooted in the gospel. Now, although we have temporarily departed from the Romans series, in fact, we're really not that far away from Romans. And what I mean is this. Romans says something extremely important about giving thanks to God. Or actually, the letter to the Romans says something terribly important and terrible about not giving thanks to God. In Romans 1.18 and following, you remember, we hear that devastating diagnosis of fallen humanity. Helpless, hopeless, guilty, without excuse. Listen again. Speaking of fallen humanity, us in our fallen condition... The Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote, What can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God... Romans 1.21 Although they, all of humanity, in our fallen condition, including us in and of ourselves in our fallen condition, although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. What does this tell us? It tells us that not giving thanks to God is at the very heart and core of our fallen condition. Not giving thanks to God is a primary example of what is fundamentally wrong with us. Not giving thanks to God is a primary symptom of our fatal disease. Not giving thanks to God is an expression of our rebellion against God because, as Romans 1.21 says in this very verse, not giving thanks to God goes right along with not honoring God as God. It's part and parcel of our prideful rebellion against God and part and parcel of our desperate denial of God. And get this, Romans 1 tells us that not honoring God as God and not giving thanks to God inevitably and always results in idolatry, exchanging the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things, exchanging the truth of God for a lie and worshiping the, create, the creature. The creation instead of the creator. There it is. In gratitude and idolatry go hand in hand. And as soon as the Halloween decorations come down, the Christmas decorations go up. In the last couple of weeks, I've heard a lot more and seen a lot more about Black Friday than I have about Thanksgiving Day. I think it's a shame that the more and more we Americans get cut off from our agrarian roots, the more and more we forget or never learn American history. More and more our culture declines from a Christianized one to a pagan one, the less and less our day of national thanksgiving seems to be of much importance. Now, if that sounds like a negative editorial comment, I guess it is. (laughs) Because I have to admit, and I readily admit, that I am personally rather sentimental about Thanksgiving Day. But it's also a word of pastoral concern and encouragement because as we will hear from Romans 12, when we return there after the new year, the Lord willing, Romans 12 commands us, the word of God commands us, do not be conformed to this world. And even though we must live in this fallen world, as Jesus said, he has redeemed us to be not of the world. And as we read in numerous places throughout the scriptures, one of the essential marks, one of the distinguishing characteristics of a true Christian, and this is very evident in this passage from Colossians 3, one of the distinguishing characteristics of the true Christian is a... Thankful heart. Now, even here at this point, emphasizing the importance of a thankful heart, we need to be very clear and very specific and very Christ-centered. Again, this is not merely a matter of a generic kind of thankfulness. Now, for example, it is a well-known fact that Being thankful increases a person's level of happiness or upward mood, even when being thankful doesn't have any reference to God. Secular psychologists and new age therapists often recommend keeping a gratitude journal in which every day, a person, <coughs> a person records the things that he or she is thankful for. And it tends to help as far as it goes. Thinking about and writing down the things that you are thankful for tends to promote positive emotions. At least a lot better than thinking about and writing down all the things that you're mad about or sad about. It's generally true. Positive thoughts tend to produce positive emotions, right? That's a good thing. I'm thankful that God created our brains that way. Hold it. Wait a minute. Did you get that? Wait a minute. Did you get it? Because I just brought God, the creator, into the equation. God, the creator of the human brain and the nervous system. Now, what's my point? just wanted to wake you up a little bit. My point is this. The problem with the merely secular or New Age gratitude journal in which you list the things that you're thankful for, the problem is that for the unbeliever, there's no one to whom to give thanks. That person is not really giving thanks. That person is just having a happy thought. I mean, doesn't the concept of giving thanks imply that you are actually giving thanks to someone? 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 If you're giving something, then there has to be someone to receive it, right? (coughs) So for the true Christian, being thankful is not simply a matter of having a happy thought and being in a generally positive mood about the good things in life. Giving thanks is a matter of honoring God as God and giving thanks to Him, the real, true, living, personal God, the eternal creator and sustainer of all things and the redeemer of our lives through His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Giving thanks to Him, specifically Him, For all that he has done for us and given to us. And from a Christian perspective, all of our thanksgiving, all of our gratitude to God, begins with, is centered upon, and and ends with, so to speak, his gift to us in his Son, Jesus Christ. Now, our pilgrim forebears understood this. And although it is true that our day of national thanksgiving is not specifically or exclusively a Christian holiday in the sense of a holy day such as Christmas or Easter. Uh, I mean, it's not a worldwide holiday, right? All truly Christian holidays are worldwide, every nation, every people. This is our national day of Thanksgiving. But nevertheless, its origin is certainly and specifically Christian. Governor Bradford of the Plymouth Colony called for a day of thanksgiving precisely because that colony was at its core, and in terms of its corporate identity, specifically a Christian community. And and by the way, since we've been studying Reformation history this fall, it's appropriate to note that the pilgrims of Plymouth Colony were our spiritual as well as our national forebears. They were Calvinists who had braved the Atlantic in search of a homeland in which they could worship the true and living God in accordance with his word in scripture without fear of persecution. More about that tonight uh, at our Thanksgiving feast. Certainly the pilgrims were thankful for the providence of God which had sustained them, sustained their lives on earth, brought them across the Atlantic, given them hope and strength in the new world, But that faith, the faith that sustained the pilgrims was a faith which looked to God not only for their physical and material needs, which is so often, you know, the focus of our national Thanksgiving Day, but also most supremely, ultimately, it was focused upon their true spiritual needs and the spiritual realities of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They they couldn't separate Uh, you know, the idea of their physical well-being apart from their spiritual well-being. They knew and believed that all of the earthly blessings they had received would have been of no avail to them had they not first of all received the true and eternal blessing of justification by faith alone, in Christ alone, reconciliation with God through the blood of Christ, peace with God, and the assurance of no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus. And so, let's remember that our pilgrim forebears gave thanks not to an unknown God. Not to an unnamed God. Not to nobody. They gave thanks to God the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. So for us as Christian pilgrims in 21st century America, let's remember that although our national Thanksgiving Day does, yes, focus primarily on the earthly blessings which God has showered upon this nation throughout her history, political freedom, religious liberty, economic prosperity, all of which are indeed great blessings and all of which God could withdraw from us at any moment. Even as we give thanks for all of our personal blessings, which we ought to do thanks for all of the good things in life, nevertheless, let's remember that all of these blessings flow to us from the one who has given us the greatest gift of all, (coughs) his son, Jesus Christ, for whom we should be supremely grateful and for whom our lives should be lived as a sacrifice of grateful praise. In this way with Christ-centered thanksgiving. Our gratitude for Jesus Christ will be at the center of all our thanksgiving. For example, thanksgiving for all our food every day, thanksgiving for our food will be centered in Jesus Christ, the bread of life. Thanksgiving for our health will be centered in gratitude for Jesus Christ whose wounds have brought healing to our souls. Thanksgiving for our family will be centered in gratitude for Jesus Christ who has redeemed us to be members of his family, the family of the true and living God. Thanksgiving for our friends will be centered in gratitude for Jesus Christ, the greatest friend any of us could ever have, and who has called us to be his friends. Thanksgiving for our jobs will be centered in gratitude for Jesus Christ who has called and commissioned us to live as His disciples upon the earth so that all our earthly work, all our earthly work, all our earthly work may have meaning and purpose because it is dedicated to His glory. Thanksgiving for all our simple and pure pleasures will be centered in gratitude for Jesus Christ because He is the Lord of beauty and goodness and truth and peace and love by whom, through whom, for whom all things were created. When our lives are truly, deeply centered in Jesus Christ, this world truly becomes for us In the words of John Calvin, the theater of God's glory. Only when our lives are truly reoriented by faith in Jesus Christ, deeply rooted in Him, daily being nourished by His Word and Spirit, will we live lives of true and meaningful gratitude in Christ-centered thanksgiving. Look at the way it's illustrated here in this passage from Colossians. Now, this passage comes after Paul has already written about who Christ is and what Christ has done for us through his death, resurrection, ascension into heaven. You see, Paul's ethical instructions, Paul's instructions for Christian living always come after he has clearly proclaimed the gospel of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. What we do as Christians, how we live as Christians is always to be a grateful response to what God has done for us. The Heidelberg Catechism, for example, follows the structure of Paul's letters, especially Romans and Ephesians. Around here, do you remember, we talk a lot about the three G's of the Heidelberg Catechism. you remember the three G's of the Christian life? Who wants to go first? <laughs> Guilt, grace, Gratitude. The Christian life of thanksgiving is a life of gratitude to God in response to his grace in Jesus Christ who has redeemed us out of our guilt of sin. And this passage from Colossians 3 calls us to live the life of Christ-centered thanksgiving in response to God's grace. As God's chosen ones, as God's elect, holy, beloved, we are to put on or clothe ourselves with compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. These virtues simply reflect the character of Jesus Christ. We are to put off the old man and put on the new man, the new, regenerated, redeemed person, who we are in Jesus Christ, reflecting Him by His grace. We're called to bear with one another, forgive one another, forgiving each other as Christ has forgiven us. We are to put on love. Like, like Paul's imagery here is like putting on a big over. You, you, you get you get dressed with uh, kindness and humility and meekness and patience and a spirit of forgiveness toward one another. You know, you, you get all dressed up and then you put on the big overcoat. Of love. So we're just all wrapped up. We have all these virtues wrapped up in love, as Paul says, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. It's just a wonderful suit. You'd look great in it. Uh, what Paul is saying basically put on Christ, clothe yourselves with the character of Jesus Christ as you relate to one another. This is written to us as a body of people. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The peace of Christ rule, reign. Ha, ha, ha. When we live in this way and we relate to one another in this way, then the kingdom of God becomes more and more visible in our lives together, corporately and in our lives personally. What is the kingdom of God like? It's a kingdom of harmony, a kingdom of love, a kingdom of peace, and a kingdom of thankfulness. So Paul says at this point, very simply, be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful that God has delivered you from the domain of darkness and transferred you to the kingdom of his beloved son. That's chapter 1, verse 13. Be thankful that your sins are forgiven. Be thankful that you are loved by God. Be thankful that you are a member of Christ's church, one of God's chosen, holy, beloved people. Be thankful that by the presence of the Holy Spirit, the peace of Christ may rule in your heart. And Paul tells us that the way to nourish this kind of spiritual life, reflecting the life of Christ in us as individuals and as a corporate body is to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The Word of Christ is the Word of Scripture. So the instruction here is for us to learn, study, hear, meditate upon the Word of Christ in Scripture. The Holy Spirit works through the Holy Word of God in Scripture. So the means by which we are filled with the Spirit is the dwelling of the Word in our hearts. The more the word dwells in our hearts, the more our hearts are filled with thankfulness to God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, wisdom of the word, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, praising God with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Thankfulness in our hearts to God flows out of the word of Christ. Dwelling richly in our hearts. And then Paul sums it all up. The rule of Christian living. Whatever you do. In word or deed. Do everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Everything. Let everything you do bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. And then our whole life will be a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Everything we do will be an expression of Thanks. When we are following Christ and offering up everything we do for His glory in response to His grace, then every moment, every breath, every step, every day becomes an opportunity for us to give thanks to God the Father through Jesus Christ our Lord. Christ centered thanksgiving. This is the way of the true pilgrim. To God be the glory. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise you for who you are and all of your goodness, steadfast love, and mercy. We pray that you would increase in our hearts a spirit of true gratitude, That it might show forth in our lives in joyful obedience toward you and generosity toward others. Through Christ our Savior. Amen. In response to the gospel of Jesus Christ, let us stand to affirm our faith as we read responsively from the Heidelberg Catechism, questions number 27 and 28. Christian. What do you understand by the providence of God?